Good evening, everyone. Like Pastor said, we're going to be covering Lesson 11 tonight. <clears throat> One of the shorter lessons. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. No, hey, this is an important lesson that we're going to cover tonight. Uh, for the most part, we're going to follow along in the uh, study guide that's been provided for us. So um, if you guys don't have a copy, there's copies up here at the front. For those of you following along at home, uh, we're covering a lesson 11 tonight, how to study the Bible systematically. Okay, this is really important. Like Pastor said, um, you know, it's really important that we show up, we show up expecting, we show up um, uh, uh desiring something from God and and then when he delivers you know we leave satisfied amen um, you know I equate tonight's um, lesson to um, to myself sometimes okay so so I'm a guy I like to wear running shoes okay uh, I have a pair of running shoes on right now they're nice they're clean um, you know what I, these are about four months old I still got brand new grips on the bottom you know why because I don't run in them All right how many of you have a Bible and you don't study it systematically. How many of you at home own a Bible and you don't open it up? Sometimes you just read it nonchalantly or we, we, we breeze through it maybe before we go to bed, right? But we don't dig deep into it. We don't apply it to our lives. Tonight's lesson is going to help us kind of debunk that in our lives. It's going to help us get rid of that and apply studying the Bible systematically to our lives, okay? I can tell you that um, since Pastor has started to use me has started to use some of the other brothers. And I had this conversation with some of the other brothers too, the deacons, um, those that teach, right? Um, you're forced to study the Bible systematically. You're forced to study it in depth when you have to teach something, right? When you have to teach it. Um, I mean, you don't have to. You can come up here and look like a fool, right? And there's no guarantee that if you study it systematically, you're still not going to come up here and maybe look like a fool. But what I'm trying to say is you definitely... Um, you definitely lessen the chance of that happening because you respect the Word of God. You respect His message to His people. So when you're forced to deliver it or you're asked to deliver it, you have no choice but to study it systematically and in depth. And th this tonight is going to give us some more tools, right? Pastor talks about that toolbox that we have, right? It's going to help us put some more tools in that toolbox tonight so that what we can do is maybe pick up a couple of methods or a couple of ways that will help us study the Bible and, and apply it to our lives so that it can, so that it can, um, that it can create change in our lives. Amen? That it can fulfill a desire that you may have in your life. Amen? Or maybe it'll answer a question or something that you're struggling with with God right now right? So um, before we get started, let's go ahead and um, bow our heads. We're going to say a quick word of prayer um, before we open up the word of God this evening. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again. We thank you for the opportunity to come into your house. We thank you for the opportunity to dive deeper into your word this evening. We thank you, God, because that's exactly what you're giving us this evening, Lord, is answers to our questions, methods to our madness, Lord Jesus. You're giving us a way. You're providing us a way, Lord, just like your word says you would, Lord. You're providing us a way, God, to learn your word, to study it, and apply it to our lives so that can that it can create change in our lives, Lord Jesus. We ask, Lord, that you would bless those that couldn't be with us this evening, that you would open up their ears, their hearts, and their minds right there where they're at. If they're watching us, if they're following live online, or they're going to listen later, Lord, that you would touch them in a mighty and powerful way, Lord. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to go ahead and start with the book of 2 Timothy. 
you have your Bibles, you have your iPads, whatever it is, whatever tool you're using this evening to read with the Word. And, and uh, well, I'm going to follow along in a New King James Version, okay? So as we uh, move forward here, just know that um, it may differ from your version if you're reading a different version, but uh, I'm reading from the New King James, and I'm using my Bible app this evening. How many of you guys use an uh, electronic version? You use the Bible app. I use both. Um, Pastor blessed a bunch of us with a Ryrie Study Bible, and that one's been great because it's it's like two in one. It's a Bible, but it also has commentary in it. So it, it allows us to, again, study a little bit deeper and more in depth and then compare the parallels in the Word, the New Testament, the Old Testament, um, some of the references that are in the Word. Then you're like, you're kind of puzzled by, by what the reference is, right? Because sometimes what we realize when we're reading the Word is that um, one of the prophets or one of the um one of the epistles that we might be reading will reference something that happened thousands of years ago previous to what they actually are talking about but the commentary at the bottom um, will help you make that parallel well this is going to cover some of that too our lesson this evening so keep that in mind um, as we as we move forward but anyway second timothy moving forward um, chapter 2 verse 15 is where we're going to open up all right and i've got it highlighted here okay the Word of God says this, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. I saw some looks at me when I said, Hey, you don't want to get up here and look like a fool. There it is right there. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed. Right? It's important that we take the Word of God seriously. Okay? This isn't just a book with words in it, okay? This isn't something Daniel Gonzalez wrote. This isn't something Pastor Larry wrote. It's something we read and we apply to our lives, but this is, this is the Word of God. Amen? We, 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 we apply it to our lives with that in mind, that it is the Word of the one King that we, that we, the one true God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We say it till we're blue in the face here on Sundays, till we're blue in the face here on Wednesdays. We pray it, right? We live it out. But do we believe it? If you believe that, if you believe those things you say, then you believe that this is the word of God. And you believe that this book that we, that we bring with us, that we carry along with us, that we download into our phones, that we carry with us every day, is literally our guidebook to our lives, right? If we're Christ followers, that's what the Word of God is. It's the guidebook to our lives. It's the thing we can go back to and reference times in our lives, hard times, good times, whatever it may be, whatever we're going through, there's a reference to it, I promise you. There's a reference to it. It's going to help you through that time, okay? So uh, just starting with the, uh, with the lesson here, often heard from believers and unbelievers alike are statements or questions such as, I don't know how to study the Bible, right? How many of you, when you first came to the Lord or you first started coming to church, some of you that may be new to this church thing, to this Jesus thing, to this God thing, you're, you ask, you're, you're saying those same statements or you're asking yourself the same question, like, how do I even get started? Where do I even start? Yeah. Right? How many of you asked this? I had that question. I'm like, where do I start? Do I start from the, like the first page, Genesis, right? Do I start in the New Testament? Somebody was like, no, 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 no. Forget about the Old Testament, man. That's old stuff, dude. That's old. Just Go to the New Testament. That's what the New, that's, we're, we're the New Testament church. You don't even need to read that, right? 
we know that that's not true. We want to read God's word in, in, in its entirety. Um, but what we learn is that maybe even Genesis 1 is not the, maybe not the best place to start either, right? Because if you don't understand or you haven't been prompted on what's in that book, you'll be left a little lost, Amen. For those of you that read your Bibles, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you that have studied the book of Genesis, you know what I'm talking about, right? Right. But anyway, moving forward, God tells us to study his word in 2 Timothy 2.15, right? It says, it says, God's word meaning to use speed, make effort, be prompt, earnest, give diligence, endeavor, and labor. Amen. Study. That's what the word study means. It's a Greek word that means to use speed, make effort, be prompt, earnest, give diligence, endeavor, and labor. Amen? Yes. Earnest? Yes. You know, the, you know the meaning of that word, right? So, so it's important, right? It's telling us to put work towards it. Put some thought behind it. Put a, put a purpose towards the studying of the word. It's not just reading it. It's not just check you know checking a box amen there's it should be purpose driven amen yes. casual reading skipping from place to place or non-meditative and disrupted study will never produce the needed knowledge of god's word it's important to dig deep like it says in luke 6 48 build upon the sure foundation and then the wind the rain and the flood will not destroy what you build let's go there real quick luke verse or luke chapter 6 if you have your bibles you're following along again new king james version it's easy to find if you have it, if you have it um, highlighted. Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. So I didn't have all these highlighted, but before, like I said, I wanted to be prepared. So before I came up, um, as I was studying, I highlighted them all, okay? So the ones that we're going to study were the ones that we're going to reference today. Luke 6.48 says this, He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Actually, I'm going to start back at 46. Let's start back at 46 so we can get the full context here. Build on the rock. But why do you call me Lord? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which, which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them will show, you, will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Have any of you ever been in construction? How many, how many of you know about the foundation that they build our houses on? Um, you guys just had a house built, what, a year ago? Pastor, you had a house built a little over a year, two years ago, right? And, and what's cool now about when we have a house built is they'll allow you to kind of go back and, and, and see the house that's built, the process, right? So you see this foundation, and you see the, the slab of concrete they build, right? And for those of you that know a little bit about concrete, it's a whole bunch of rock, right, and cement mixed, and when they add water, it gets super hard. Well, how, how many of you know how, how, how thick they pour that foundation? Right? It varies a little bit, but typically about four inches. In some places, though, the stem wall is 12 inches. 12 inches, right? And, and they have to pour it all in one at one time so that once it dries, right, it's all one hard foundation. Right? So I'll tell you what. I do, I do landscape construction, okay? I don't, I don't do home construction. I do landscape construction. But I didn't really grasp this verse right here, what we're reading, until I watched my guys do it. And I'm like, dang, that's, that's what it, right? We apply it to something in our own lives or we see it happen right in front of our eyes and we're like, that's what he means. That's why when you build a wall, 
right? A block wall. You don't just start laying block, right? You don't lay it on two inches of concrete. They tell you to, to dig a footer that's about 10 inches deep, right? That's the minimum. 10 inches deep, eight inches wide for a four-inch wall, right? Because you don't want this cement block wall to get tipped over by the wind and hurt one of your children or hurt somebody on the other side playing, right? So it's super important that we prep it the right way. Well, so think about that right now. I'm going to reread this again. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock, okay? He laid the foundation on the rock. He laid it in a hard place. He didn't lay it in sand. He didn't put it in soil that used to be used for corn and broccoli and potatoes, right? He, he laid it on the rock, okay? He built it on the rock. And when the floor arose, the stream beat, when, I'm sorry, when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently, against that house and could not shake it for it was founded on the rock amen we know that that house has to be secured to that foundation yeah. right so when those strong haboob winds come right when the, right, you guys know what i'm talking about when those strong monsoon winds come it doesn't tip your house over right your house isn't leaning up against the next house that's only five feet away right yeah, that's how we build houses in arizona now but you know what i mean we want those houses to be on a strong foundation, okay? You should build, you should build your relationship with the Lord yeah. on a strong foundation. And that's what, this is, that's what this is equating it to. When you study the word fervently, when you study it diligently, when you, go, when you dig deeper and start applying it to your life, you're building your foundation in Christ. Or I'm sorry, you're building your relationship in Christ on a strong foundation. Amen? Amen. So we're going to cover a little bit about some of the tools that you might want, that you um, that this says you need. You know, and you know what? As we read along here, you guys are going to see, um, as you read and I speak, some of this stuff is uh, a little outdated, okay? Um, it talks about cassettes and, and uh, you know, volumes of books from 1917, uh, which are good. We can still reference those things. And like, like, like a pastor said, um, thank God for the internet, right? Thank God for the internet. Um, we can reference all of this stuff. Uh, for those of you that don't know what cassettes is, um, Google it. Okay? All right? There's people in Brother Jaden, you know what a cassette is? Yeah? Your dad showed you? Did he show you his own old boom box? Yeah? Amen, amen. Okay, so some of the tools you might want or you need. Okay, a good Bible. Um, a good Bible is... is, is Right? How else are you going to read the Word of God? That's what the Word of God is. It's in the Bible. Um, again, whatever version you use. I like using this version Bible. Okay? Um, why? How many of you take your phones everywhere you go? Your Bible now is everywhere you go. Right? Right? There's been times throughout the day um, when, when I'm just like, man, maybe, maybe my wife and I had a disagreement. Okay? And, I, and for, for, for those of you married men in here, you know what I'm talking about. And you're, and you're thinking about it the next day as you're kind of alone at work. And you're like, man, what a knucklehead, man. I, I messed that up, right? And, and you, know, you know what I like to go to when I know I've messed up or I've, I've made a mistake? I go to Psalms 51. How many of you know what Psalms 51 is? Right? I don't have it memorized, but I know what Psalms 51, I know the context of it. And basically the context of Psalms 51 is when King David had just messed up. He messed up big time. Those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm referencing, right? Bathsheba, right? Mm, yep. He messed up. He knew he messed up. He tried to hide it. But the prophet Nathaniel came to his door and said, hey, man, you've been trying to hide this, but I'm going to call you out. You know, you, you thought it was hidden. You thought nobody was going to know about this. He sent... 
He sent Bathsheba's husband Uriah to the front lines and so that he could be killed, right? And Uriah was killed in the war um, while David was staying home in the comfort of his palace or his tent. And, and, he, and he had sinned. He'd sinned against God. And he, Nathaniel told, told him straight up, you sinned against God. Like maybe nobody else knows about it, just you and Bathsheba, but God knows. And so, um, you know what, even, even in that hidden sin, right, those things that were like, maybe nobody, nobody knows about it, nobody heard about it, right? Um, only me and God know about it, man. I'll tell you what, um, having this version Bible with me all day allows me to reference those things and read through it and, and help myself through times like that. Amen. And I know that's just one example, but it's a great tool, right? It's a great tool to have with you. So I'll tell you what, the version Bible comes in handy for me all the time. There's some other um, things here that, uh, the, that the lesson points out, okay? Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, okay? Halley's Bible Handbook, um, number four, a Bible dictionary. It is important. I think a Bible dictionary is important. Um, biblical words, you'll find, are different, because right? we grew up in the world. At least I, I grew up in the world, right? I didn't come to the church till I was in uh, uh, a teenager, roughly 15, 16 years old. And I remember sitting in the chairs and, and, and the, uh, um, like the pastor is preaching about some stuff. And I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, what? What, what, is, what, is, what does that even mean, right? So you'll come across words in the Bible, right? References to old words tools, right? Because a lot of the references in the Bible are, are to agriculture and, and, and farming at that time. And, you know, talking about plows and, and yolks. Like, I was like, what's a yolk? You mean egg yolks? I, I know what egg yolks are. Like, I like eggs, right? What's a yolk, right? So anyway, having a, a, a Bible dictionary is important so that you can help decipher some of those biblical terms for yourself, okay? Um, Webster's Dictionary for some of just the bigger words. Um, for those, like, I, I have a high school diploma, a little bit of college, but I, I, didn't, I, ha- I don't have a four-year degree. So when it comes to vocabulary, I may not be the most versed person. So when I come across a, like a big word, especially in the King James Version or the New King James Version, I'm like, oh, I don't know what that means, right? So um, if you don't have a Webster's Dictionary, Google it, right? Google it. Right? Because just the word, and then it, one of the options will say your word and then def- definition. Yoke? What's yoke? Definition. Oh, I even spelled it wrong. You know what I mean? Right? So it, <laughs> it helps you spell it right. It helps you figure out what it means. And then you're like, oh, this is what they're trying to say in this part of the Bible. Okay? And then commentaries. How many of you read commentaries? I know Pastor does. It's important that we read commentaries. If you don't read commentaries, um, guess whose commentary you're stuck with? Just your own, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of you are laughing. Like, you don't want to hear my commentary on things, okay? Uh, I know my wife don't want to hear my commentary on things. She's tired of my commentary, okay? So if you, if, you don't, if you don't read others' commentaries, you're stuck with just your own, okay? Your own ideas, your own, your own, inter- stop. Your own interpretation of what that means, okay? All right, so commentaries are really important. And so he, um, the, the author here, Gives us a few to to, uh, to reference Matthew Henry's or Adam Clark's. Um, I'll tell you what ones. If you guys have a pen or a pencil with you, for those of you watching at home, write this down or take mental note. Um, if you got your iPhone out, put it in your notes. Okay, um, blueletterbible.org. Blueletterbible.org. It's a database of all the commentaries. Okay, and even these ones right here, the Matthew Henry commentary and the Adam Clark commentary are in it. I looked them up. They're in it. But I read the commentaries on that blueletterbible.org. I was, I was fortunate enough to have another pastor friend of mine um, that 
that gave me this uh, um, blueletterbible.org website. And he's like, hey, use this. Whenever I, pre whenever I prepare lessons, I go in here and I, I look up um, the, the commentary on, on the scriptures, right? Okay. And uh, then this says the International Standard Encyclopedia or an encyclopedia of some sort. Again, all of this is available to us at the touch of our finger, guys. If you have a cell phone, you have, you have access to all of these tools here that I'm talking about. Church history, okay. Read on some of the church history. Um, and then uh, a Bible dictionary we talked about, word studies, and then the pulpit commentary, okay? I'm going to give you one extra tool that I think you guys should all have, okay? This is why it's so important for us to be part of a church community, okay? The tool that I use the most, the tool that I use the most is my mentors, my brothers in Christ, and my pastor, okay? The church in general, all right? The tool that I use the most are the other Christians, Okay, so like I said, I haven't been doing this church thing very long, okay, and I don't have all the answers, but my pastor's been doing it a lot longer than I have, all right? Brother Oscar's been doing it a lot longer than I have. My brother Greg understands things that I don't understand, right? Brother Ernie has some things in this Bible that he's read that he's applied to his life or his life experiences, and he's able to decipher things and apply them to his life and explain them in a way that I can't because of the, my because of my limited life experiences. Amen. So that's the tool that I would say. You know what you got? That's probably my most valuable tool, other than having the U version with me at all times. Using my phone, right, to call up a brother, to call up my pastor, to call up my wife sometimes, and say, hey. I was reading this. Check this out. What do you think about this? And they're like, oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, or, or if I call a pastor, I'm a pastor. I was reading this. And what do you think? And he's like, no, that's not what it means at all. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Have you ever been there? I've been there. Have you ever been there? You've, I've been there too. It's okay. All right. But the community, like pastor said, so community, right? The church, very important tool that we need to make use of. All right. Okay. Moving forward. Marking your Bible. How many of you mark your Bibles? For those of you that still have a paper version, right? If you don't, if you have the U version, you can highlight. It's, it's cool. A uh, couple touches, a couple taps, and you, you get it highlighted. It's great. Marking your Bible is not disrespect to God's Word, all right? If anything, if anything, it's confirmation that He's speaking to you. It's confirmation that what you're reading is what you need at that time. I don't highlight stuff that just doesn't really... You know, it doesn't hit me or, or it doesn't, I can't apply it presently, okay? I highlight the things that, um, that I know are applicable to what I'm going through or I highlight the things that I want to remember, right? How many of you have some of your favorite verses highlighted, right? What's one, sister? What do you got? Amen. Amen. What do you got, Brother Greg? Any of them. Psalms 23. Man, that, that's a good one, right? We read that at funerals. We were reading it the other day. I, I texted it to the brothers one day because it was on my heart one morning. And I was like, man, Psalms 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Amen? So, look. We, we Highlighting your Bible, underlining words, underlining phrases, it's not a bad thing. It's not disrespect to the word. Right? It's confirmation that you need God's word in your life. It's confirmation that you're able to apply it and that you are applying it and that he's speaking. He speaks to us through his word. Yes. Amen? 
He speaks to us through his word, and that's the confirmation that he is a living God still. Yeah. Amen? If he wasn't, this would just be words um, of, you know, of some old guys, some old ancient guys that wrote it a long time ago, 2,000, 2,500, 4,000 years ago. But they're not. They're words that we're still able to apply to our lives today. Yeah. And, and, they, and they create change in our lives. All right? So really important there. Um, hey, you know, some of the ones that, that I like, I, I always quote uh, um, Philippians 4.13. Everybody knows that one, right? Right, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But oh, go ahead and go, let's go to Philippians. Go to Philippians 4. I, I want to read the full context of it because as I was um, studying and I was reading, I'm like, man, um, you know, if you read a couple verses before that, it really brings it, brings it home a little bit more. It says, uh, Philippians 4, 4 says this, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. How many of you remember singing that song? right? Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds um, through Christ. And as if I go down here, Starting with verse 10, Philippian gener generosity. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you care for me, your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. How many of you have learned in for whatever state you're in to be content? Yeah. Right? How many of you know right now that in, in, in this context, he's not really talking about um, monetary blessings or monetary supplication, right? If we have that peace that surpasses understanding, then we know what it's like to be content in whatever state we're in, yeah. right? I know how to be abased, right? And I know how to abound. So I know how to be, you know, maybe just getting by, barely getting by, right? We talked about that, surviving. How many of you know how to survive, yeah. right? Right? And I know how to abound. I know how to thrive, right? I know how to thrive. And so we know that in serving God, we go through both, right? We call them the peaks and the valleys, right? The mountaintops and the valleys. Everybody thinks that when they serve God, because when we first come to God, it's like, woo, I got something new going on, right? Right? Got some change going on in my life. Got some positive people in my life, right? Got this cool book that they say I'm supposed to read, and it's filled with a whole bunch of positive stuff until you start reading some of the Old Testament stuff, and you're like, oh, dang. Or you read about some of the ways maybe the, the disciples died, right? So what you realize real quick is that serving God doesn't make you exempt from the valleys. It doesn't make you exempt from the bad things in life, right? So a lot of truth to that word right there comes to mind. Now that I speak in regard to, not that I speak in regard to need, right? For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. You better learn how to be content, whether you're down here or up here right now, all right? It has nothing to do with how blessed you are. It has nothing to do with how much you have or how much you don't have, okay? It's a peace that you gain when you serve God that surpasses all understanding. And it doesn't matter what you have or don't have, okay? And then, and then finally, verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? I can get through the tough times, and I can be wise in the good times, right? All right? Because when I was in the world, and I was experiencing some really good times, I wasn't so wise, right? I splurged a whole bunch of stuff that maybe I shouldn't have, amen? But now that I'm serving the Lord, he's put some things in perspective for me. He's created some priorities for me. But first and foremost, him, right? Give to him what's his, 
Amen? And, and then guess what? Because I've, because I've honored him in my wisdom, when I'm going through some, some really good times, he takes care of me in the not-so-good times. Amen? He helps me get through those good times. Oh, those not-so-good times. And maybe I'm still even thriving more than others. Amen? Amen? Because he wants you to do well. He wants the best for his children. Amen? How many of you believe that? Amen. All right. Uh, moving forward, a quiet place for study. Any serious student of the word should have a, uh, a secluded place for study. How many of you have a cave you go into when you, um, when you study or when you pray? We have a spot in our closet that we go into. Amen. Uh, pa- I know pastor, pastor comes here now because he's full time. He comes here during the day, but I know he has a cave at home too right? Sometimes when the Lord wakes you up in the middle of the night and he's like, hey, I want you to pray. And sometimes with that prayer comes, oh, dang, like he, the Lord's telling me to go to this, this book of the Bible. Amen. Um, the book of Job, maybe. Right. Right. The book of Job will put a whole, bu- a whole bunch of things in your life in perspective real quick. You, you guys think you're going through a tough time? Read Job. Read Job. And know this, God allowed that to happen to his servant. He allowed the devil to strip him of everything he had. Amen? Amen. So when you think you're going through a tough time, you just remember. Amen? But that's what God's word is for. That's what God's word is for. It puts us in our place. It keeps us, it keeps us um, desiring more of him. Amen? Um, prime time must be given to study. Not just a few hurried minutes when you are tired and preparing for bed. This is fine for relaxed reading, but insufficient for the true learning process. Amen? God's word is a life-giving sustenance proceeding from the mouth of God. Amen? It comes from the mouth of God. All right? Dare we neglect such an important facet in our spiritual existence? We should not. Many reasons for study abound. Perhaps the following will point, a real, point out a real need for personal study in your life. All right? It approves us to God. Again, um, 2 Timothy 2.15. It approves us to God. All right? It makes us, a little, it makes us more worthy. Okay? A little bit more worthy um, of, of God, of his affection. Right? Right? How many of you have mentors or, or, or people that we follow? Not God, but just people, right? How many of you look up to your managers, your bosses? Um, in the fire department, I, I, I can name 10 captains right now off the tip of my, tip of my tongue that I, I look up to and I respect. These guys are legendary in the fire department. And, and when I mean legendary, these guys, they, they have, everybody knows who they are because they treat all of their subordinates with respect. They mentor them. They train them. They show them the ways, right? They make them true professionals. And we look up to these guys, yeah. right? And when we get to work with these guys, we're like, all right, cool. I'm going to learn something new today. I'm going to be able to leave this place a little bit more professional when, than, than when I entered it. Amen? Amen? It's important to you, right? The same thing goes here. It approves us to God right? We study those people's habits. We study the things they do, how they treat people, um, how they carry themselves. Like in the fire department, how these guys carry themselves. Hey, hey, um, what did you do to earn that reputation? Or, or the guys whisper amongst themselves like, man, that dude's bad. He's a bad firefighter. Or, hey, man, that dude, you know, he has, he has, he has 50 saves under his belt, you know, or whatever it is, right? Right, that dude. Hey, I'll tell you what, my captain, personally, my captain, single-handedly, pulled a whole family out of a fire a little less than six months ago 
Where was I, babe? I was sleeping in the comfort of my vacation bed. <laughs> and one of, my, one of the guys on my crew calls me. He's like, dude, you'll never, you'll never guess what happened. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to guess. Just tell me. Okay? And he's like, we had a, we had a ripping fire last night, man, apartment fire. Um, whole family trapped on the second floor. And his name's Troy. Troy, pulled, he found all of them, pulled them out by himself. Right? He, well, he found them, drug them to the front room, and handed them off. Then he, he found the husband first, drug him to the front room, handed him off. Found the wife next, drug her to the front room, handed her off. And then she's like, my baby, my baby's still in there. Two-year-old, a two-year-old little boy, still trapped in the restroom. Found him, pulled him out. Saved the whole family, right? These, this is what I mean. So, so we, we put a whole bunch into the right, right? This, these human beings, these men, right? And we look up to them and we're like, oh, man, I want to be like him. Troy, how did you become so good at your job? And, and, and Troy, you know, how'd you earn that much respect? And right? And so... Well, the same should go for your relationship with the Lord, okay? Man, Jesus is just as legendary, more legendary, amen, Amen. right? So study the ways of Jesus, the gospel, study the gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, right? Those are the the accounts from, from those disciples on what they watched Jesus do. They followed him for three years, three and a half years, up until the day he was crucified, right? And, and, and they recorded it all in there for us. Amen? You want to be a legendary Christian? Do what Jesus did. Right? Don't try to, don't try to make it up. Don't try to, don't, you know, don't try to reinvent the will, as we say. There's no point. It's all right there for you. Right? It's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. It, it still works today. Those things that Jesus did back then still work today. And all we got to do is read about them. Right? And repeat them. Amen? Amen. It equips us with answers. Number two, it equips us with answers. This study course is prepared for the express purpose, all right, to equip us with answers, to give others a reason of the hope that is within us, okay? 1 Peter 3.15. We're going to reiterate that here real quick. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Amen. Anybody in here been challenged in their faith? I have. You know when they, when, you know when, you know when non-believers like to challenge you the most? When you mess up. Right? When you say something dumb or you do something dumb right? Or you do something that they know or think is contrary to what this word of God says. Amen. So you better have a defense for it. That's what this is saying. Hey, be ready. You right? Have some tools put away in that toolbox, right? You you better have that clip loaded a little bit. So when they fire at you, you can fire back a little bit. Amen. Amen. Right. So you got to be ready. You got to have some stuff stored away. You got to have the word of God says that we store it in our hearts so that we may not sin against him. Amen. Super important, guys, super important. All right, number three, it arms us with the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit, right? What's a sword? What's a sword, um, Brother Jaden? What, what is a sword? Boom. I, you guys want a simple answer to things that get straight to the point? Ask a child. A, a weapon. It's a type of weapon, right? The sword of the spirit. What do you think that means? It's the weapon of? Boom. It's God's weapon. The word of God is the weapon he has equipped us with. Amen? It's the the weapon that he equips us with so that when the enemy comes against us, we can defend ourselves. 
Amen? It arms us with the sword of the Spirit. Taking the sword of the Spirit means more than having a Bible in our hand. Implied in this passage is the hiding of the word in our heart and mind for recall in times of need or temptation. In, call, in times of need or temptation, right? The enemy likes to come against us in those two ways specifically, right? He likes to strip you down and take things away from you and make you feel like you're in need. And then when you're in need, you're even more tempted, right, to sin against the Lord. You're even more tempted to make a bad decision, right? Amen? Amen. Let's look at Matthew um, chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Even Jesus was tempted. Okay? And when, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Oh, man. Jesus, tempted by the devil, super hungry. All right? Uh, I've, been, I've been doing this church thing with some of you men for a long time. I know that when you're hungry, yeah, I, I know we make some harsh decisions, some rash decisions when we're hungry. Amen? Amen. Now, now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let me repeat that again. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word, even the ones we don't want to hear. Okay, then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. Even the, even the devil knows what's in the Bible. Even the, de the devil knows the word of God probably better than I do. Amen. How many of you believe that he, he knows this Bible? He was there when it was written. He tried to tempt every single one of these men that wrote down what God told him to write down. Amen. The devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. He said, Be careful, Satan. Be careful. I, I know who my God is. I ain't crossing him. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you, and if you will fall down and worship me. Right? Because they're, they're Satan's. They belong to him. Right? The Lord handed him the keys to all that. He said, hey, this, you rule it. It's fine. Right? You can have it. So the devil's saying, look, I'll give this to you. I'll give this to you. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. All right? How could Jesus have stood his ground like that if he didn't know the word? Right? He knew the word. Right? He could recite it inside and out, forwards and backwards. Okay? You know the word, you study it, you apply it, it means something to you, right? When you're tempted in those times of need, you're going to be able to, to um, come, come forth with a defense mechanism. Amen? 
Amen. Moving forward, number five, it develops skillfulness and qualifies us to teach. Skillful artisans in the scriptures are sorely needed, both in the local assembly and in full-time ministry. Lackings. Okay, so we know this. Look, look. you guys want to teach. You want to preach. You want to minister. We got to read the word. All right. How do we know you're reading the word? Because the word creates and affects change in your life. And when we see that as the church, when pastor sees that, when the ministry sees that, that things are starting to change in your life for the better, your attitude isn't, isn't so poor anymore, yes. right? You're walking a little taller now, yeah. right? Brother Alex was five foot six when he first moved to Arizona. You're about five eight now, aren't you? Yeah, he's six foot, six foot, pastor says. He's six foot, right? Yeah, brother's been studying the word. He's been applying it to his life. And you walk a little taller, you're a little stronger, right? More positivity comes out of your mouth. You're able to get through some tough times a little bit easier, or they just don't phase you like they used to. Amen? Right? So, so anyway, what I'm trying to say here is that um, it, it develops that skillfulness, right? It qualifies us to teach. If you're reading it, um, you're no longer referencing um, the book of Daniel. Or, I won't even there's a book of Daniel. Uh, the book of Ernie anymore, okay? Right? You're referencing the word of God now. And you know what? More people are apt to listen to that than they are the words of Ernie or the words of Daniel Gonzalez, right? Right? So when you can quote something out of the, out of the word of God that you applied to your life and worked in your life and, and affected change in your life and helped somebody else with it, right? There's, there's, more, um, there's more credibility there. Amen. Yes. Amen, amen. Excuse me. All right, we're almost done here, guys. We got a few more pages left. Uh, we'll get through them pretty quickly because um, the rest is um, again uh, just more tools. Okay. So moving forward to methods, forms, and types of study. Okay, methods, forms, and types of study. Listening really important. How many of you know you have to listen, right, or follow first before you lead? Listening is really important here. As out as elementary as this may sound, an open ear can result in the acquiring of, the, of a wealth of knowledge. Okay? All right. Um, how many mouths do we have? One. How many ears do we have, Brother Jaden? Why do you think God gave us two ears and one mouth? He's getting deep now. I like it. So we can listen twice as often as we speak. Right? I don't know. That's, that's what they always told me. I was a talker, so they... Brother Daniel, quiet. Why do you think God gave you two ears and one mouth? So you can listen twice as much as you talk. Quit talking, bro. Right? Right? He also gave you two eyes. Observe. Pay attention. Pay atten Open your eyes, Brother Daniel. Stop falling asleep. Amen? Listen, okay? It's important that we listen. When we come to church on Wednesdays and Sundays, open those ears up. Pray to God, Lord, anoint my ears so that I can receive your message. Lord, open up my heart so I can receive it into my heart and hide it away so that I can use it in the future as a defense mechanism when the, when the enemy comes against me, Lord. Amen? Amen. Lord, keep me silent so I can hear it all, so I can receive it all, okay? But when it's time to speak, Lord, anoint the lips of clay so that I can speak your word freely, Lord, without, with boldness, right? Right? Amen, amen. So reading, reading is another method, right? So we read the Bible. Man, there's so many methods opened up to us now, not just reading. This is an old, old lesson, guys. Um, there's so many other methods and ways for us to study the Bible. How many of you guys watch? How many of you guys watch stuff on YouTube, right? 
Um, my son, my daughter, she's in the baseball, she's in the softball. Um, I'll tell you what, she practically taught herself how to pitch by watching YouTube video, videos. She don't have a coach. I ain't never played softball before, right? Um, she practically taught herself how to pitch. She struck out five. She faced seven batters on Saturday, struck out five of them, walked one, and one of them um, was, a, was a ground out, right? She taught herself how to pitch. Uh, I say that to say this. She's 11 years old. We're grown adults. You don't know how to use YouTube? You want to learn something about the Lord? You want to learn something about, about, um, about being a productive Christian or a Christian that thrives? There's YouTube videos all over the internet that'll teach us how to do it. All right? If, you, if you're not a listener or you're not much of a reader, maybe you're a guy that likes to watch videos. Watch some videos on it. Um, I don't know. Maybe even watch some of the ones that we have in our app. I mean, those, those might help a little bit. I don't, I don't know. You know, I'm just saying, okay? But we got some ways that you can learn, right? You got some, we got some ways that you can use to apply things to your life, and it's not just reading. Trust me, I know, I know how hard it is sometimes to read at the end of a, of a long day. Some of us, brother, you get up, well, you get up for 4 a.m. every morning, right? Last thing we want to do is go, go sit down and read, because what happens when he reads, Sister Rochella? Yeah. Man, I'll tell you, yeah, and then you're getting smacked. You didn't even take a shower yet, you know? Yeah, so anyway, I say that to say this. There's a whole bunch of methods out there, okay? One of the things I like to do, because I'm in my truck a whole bunch, is put podcasts on, okay? I listen to podcasts, Pastor Larry's preachings. I listen to Brother Ernest teach. I listen to my brother Greg teach. I listen to a pastor in Texas teach. He's from here, but now he's pastoring a church in Texas. I listen to the Fountain Life Radio sometimes, right? They got sermons from 1905 on that thing, right? Azusa World Ministries up in there, dude. So listen, I say that to say this, it's there. We have the tools isn't, isn't it kind of crazy that in, in these times, we live in the, uh, what they call the, uh, the age of information or the information age. It's so easily accessible, right? Isn't it crazy that in these times, the word of God is so easily accessible, yet we find ways not to, right? Why? Because so is everything else, Right? We prioritize so many other things in our lives that we still have put the Word of God, right, lower and lower on the list of things that we need to be studying and listening to and applying to our lives. Um, I, I don't know who that's for right there, for me sometimes too. Not sometimes, that's for me right there. That's for me too, amen? But in these times um, when there's so many methods that we can access the Word of the Lord through, we still find a way to kind of push it aside, right? All right, so moving forward, we're going to move forward to forms of the word, forms of the word. This is, uh, this is interesting because I know we've heard these referenced maybe in preachings and teachings, and uh, if you were like me, I'm like, meat, potatoes, what does that mean, honey? Like, they talk about milk. Like, I, I don't know what any of this means. Let's talk about this a little bit. God's word takes on many different forms in order to equip the student with needed resources, all right? God is interested in our productivity and, com and completion. His word thoroughly furnishes us unto all good works. That's in 2 Timothy um, chapter 3, 14 through 17. Let's read that really quick. I want to cover that. Second Timothy 3, 14 through 17. Here we go. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and be assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, 
And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I'm sorry, in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Okay, again, reiterating the importance of the word of God. Okay, so we'll cover the first form, water form. Okay, Ephesians, uh, let's go John 15, 3. John 15, 3, if you have your Bibles. John 15, 3 says this, you are, all, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Amen? You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Okay? Water form. All right, so it's, it's, um, it's equating it or, or um, paralleling it to what water does for us. What does water do for us? What, how many of you guys know what water symbolizes? And what, what Brother Jaden? You got an answer. Yeah. Right? So we get baptized in the water because that's, that's, that's symbolic of us being cleansed of our sins. Amen? The word of the Lord is the same thing, okay? We apply it to our lives. It helps cleanse our lives. Uh, psalm 51, again, uh, literally uh, a psalm from, from King David about him, him uh, pleading with God to cleanse him of his sin. Forgive me of my sin, Lord. I've sinned against you. Amen? Um, light form. Light form provides illumination for unbeliever and believer alike. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. This is a long one. 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. For those of you that like poetry, for those of you um, that like a little, little hidden meaning or like deciphering words, you know what that means, right? right? We apply the word of the Lord to our lives, and it illuminates our path. It guides us along our way. Amen? It guides us along our way. If you're not using the word of God in your life, and you're not applying it to your life, when you have questions or you're in need or, or you're wondering what move is next. My wife and I, are, we were just discussing something before we came to church um, about maybe uh, um, our next, we'll call it our next move. For those of you that have known us for a while, you know that we're like, we're always like, okay, we can't keep up with them. We're going to stop trying to keep up with them because they're always trying something new, right? So we were just talking about it. And before we, we said, before we finished our conversation, we said, look, I don't know. Um, all I know is that before we do anything, we need to pray about it. We need to, we need to um, consult the Lord with it, and we need to make sure that it's what he wants us to do, right? And, and that's where this comes from right here. Psalm 119.105, highlighted. If you have your, uh, your highlighter or if you're using an electronic version, please highlight this because it's important. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, okay? A lamp to my feet and a light to my path, all right? Uh, meat form. Meat form. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. New Testament again. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And, and even now you are still not able for you are still, 
for you are still carnal, excuse me, okay? For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men, okay? So what he's saying is, look, I couldn't give you the meat before because you weren't ready for it. I had to give you milk, okay? Just like a baby. Babies, they don't consume um, meat, right, in their first year, year and a half or so, depending on the doctor and, and the path you take, right? We just give them milk, milk only, formula, if, if, you, if you will. Um, but at some point, we start feeding them the meat because they need the meat. They need the nutrients from the meat, right? Um, they need the protein from the meat. They need some of the fats from the meat because it's essential to their development. The same goes for us in Christ, right? So um, the, the word has a meat form to it, okay? Um, it, it digs a little deeper. It hits us in a way that you, that you wouldn't have been hidden in your first year or so of serving the Lord because you just weren't there mentally, right? You didn't have the capacity yet. Um, either spiritually, right, or, or mentally to digest what it was um, the word said. And what you'll find is that if you read it again a year or two years later, it'll have a whole different meaning to you, right? It'll have a whole different meaning for you. Okay, so it has its meat form. Uh, we already covered the sword form. We know what that means. We just covered the milk form right there, and, and it's even listed again. How about the seed form? Let's cover the seed form. Psalm 126.6. And, and we're, we're getting close here, guys. I know some of you are struggling to hang on here. Um, bear with me here. Psalm 126.6, okay? Psalm 126.6 says this, He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Amen? Super important, okay? He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed... For sowing shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, all right, bringing his sheaves with him. All right, super important there. Again, many different forms of the word of the Lord, okay? We want to study all of them. You guys, make sure you're putting some time into this lesson on your own um, after tonight so that you guys can uh, really get the full context of it, okay? All right, and now finally, we're going to cover this section here, um, the next section, special section um, for minister, minister, ministers and teachers, okay? But I, I want you guys, because this is important, the will of God, this is for everybody, this part. I'm not going to cover the whole, uh, that whole section, okay? But um, the will of God, okay? By strong impression or conviction, you may know the will of God for the service you are to speak in, okay? If so, pursue your subject diligently and speak as to... Okay, look, the word of the Lord, okay, will help you, all of you, whether you're a minister, a teacher, um, somebody who sits in the seats, a child coming up, okay? It's going to help you understand and know what the will of God is in your life, okay? If you're not studying the word, you'll lose touch, you'll lose touch of that, okay? I'll tell you firsthand you will lose touch of that, all right? I have had times in my life when I have lost touch of what the will of the Lord is in my life, okay? Because I'm not reading, I'm not studying, I'm not listening, right? I'm not, I'm not bouncing things off the, my church members, my community, okay? When you don't prioritize the word of the Lord in your, in your life, okay? And you don't come up with your own system to apply it to your life, to read it, digest it, and then apply it to your life, um, you'll lose, you'll lose, you'll lose track and you'll lose sense of the will of the Lord for you, for your life, for your own purpose. Amen. 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 All right. So um, 
that's really all I have for you this evening. Okay. Uh, the rest of the lesson is is more like uh, tributes. It's more um, um, important. It's a lot of reiteration of what I just told you. Okay. I want you guys to take this lesson and I want you to go over it and find some things in it. Uh, pick up a method that works for you that helps you dig deeper into the word and start to apply it to your life. Okay. Um, whatever works for you. Like I said, um, I think the methods part is very very important. I'm not much of a reader. Okay, so what I don't read or what I can't read or what I can't find interest in or what doesn't catch my attention, I'll hit the audio version. Okay, um, sometimes I'll find a book on a topic that I need to that I need to um, that I need to fix or something I need to fix in my life at the time. Right. And you'll what you'll find is that a lot of these Christian books will have references to the Bible. So it it, it reinforces your study of the Bible as well. Okay. Find something, latch on to it, pray to God about it, all right? He'll help you apply it to your life, and he'll help it affect change in your life. Amen? All right. Thank you all, thank you all very much. I'm going to turn it back over to our pastor.